Man, I love watching TV so much, but I just have kind of had it with the old way of doing things, Dan. You mean the new way of doing things, which is all of these different services. I'm sick of the old way. I'm sick of the new way. What if there I'm was sick a of third, every way. What if there's a third way? What do you mean? Where you could pay less okay. and get more and get an unlimited DVR. I would say, well, quit lying. Well, you could get your realities, like your 90 Day Fiancé. I love that one. You're loving hip-hop. You love it. You get your Christmas movies on the Hallmark, the Lifetime. Please, please. Up. You could get your prestige drama on the AMC. Okay. You could have an unlimited DVR, and you could do it for like... Well, under 30 bucks a month. I don't think so. You came with Philo. Tell me more. Philo TV is the place to find all your faves in one spot for the least amount of money possible and with an unlimited DVR. It's a win-win-win. It's I'll, a third way of doing things. I'll do it, but sweeten the pot, please. 25% off for two months and... I forgot about kids programming. <gasps> Philo is literally for everyone. Wow, I love it. From kids from 1 to 92. Four kids from... Whatever. You got it. If you're a person, Philo is for you. You can go to philo.tv slash DTH. You're going to get 25% off your next two months. Philo.tv slash DTH. You won't regret it. Okay. This is a Bramble Jam podcast. Hi, I'm Bran, and I love Hallmark movies. I'm Dan, and I despise Hallmark movies. Hallmark movies. And, and this, this is, is the Deck the Hallmark, Hallmark Podcast. Podcast. Deck the Hallmark is this podcast. Oh, yes. boy. What an exciting day. It's a super exciting it's day. It's not every day that we watch a movie and Dan looks at me and says, you got to get this guy. I, I, That's I, what happened. I, this is exactly what happened. Yesterday, we watched You Had Me at Aloha, also known as Aloha Hawaii. Exactly right. And at the end of watching it, I was, well, no, early on, early on, I looked up on the IMDb who wrote the movie, and I said, uh, Rick, and then I looked at Rick Garman, and I looked yep. at his filmography and what all he's done, and he's done so many for Hallmark, and I just looked at you, and I said, we got to get this guy on the show. And then you made it happen. I, I, you know what? Your wish is my commandment. I friend. mean, I just couldn't believe it. It was like magic. That's true friendship. Within 24 hours, we have the, the legend. Go look him up, guys. He's this a guy legend. has been like writing all of your favorite Hallmark movies, Christmas movies, for a very long time. Rick Garman. Rick, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, good. I don't know if legend is, is uh, one I would give myself, but thank you for that. Well, how would you characterize it? Like, best of all time, the GOAT, like, what would you say? <laughs> I, I, I'm a lucky guy who has uh, met some good people at Hallmark who keep me very, very, very busy. There you go. I there love you go. it. I Fair love enough. That. We'll say legend. You say all that. It's, it's six <laughs> Ours is a little bit more. It's just sure. easier to say. Six it's easier to say. Does it on a business card better. Yes, That's for right. sure. Uh, Rick, let's start at the beginning because I'm, I'm guessing you haven't been writing uh, for Hallmark since you were a toddler. Um, but were you interested? I don't know. <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Maybe. maybe. Um, were you, how did you kind of get interested in uh, writing in the first place? Where did you grow up and all of that good stuff? Uh, I grew up in Iowa, uh, but the joke that I use all the time is uh, I got out as soon as I was sure my parents couldn't send a sheriff to bring me back. Um, <laughs> I uh, moved to L.A. I was going to be an actor. Uh, I went to a, uh, an acting school in Los Angeles, the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, and uh, graduated and went on one audition and said, nope, not for me. Wow. Not, not, not what I want to do. What was do the you, audition? Do, yeah, do you remember the audition? It was for it was for a commercial, and it was... It, it, 
it was just, you know, pretty LA people even back in the eighties and, and I'm just not, <laughs> and, you know, and it just, it just felt very much like, you know, being a commodity. And I just, I was like, I, I don't have the, uh, the self-confidence for this. Uh, this is going to end badly. So, uh, uh, instead I turned to writing. I, I sort of, uh, thought, you know, I trained in acting. I have read a lot of scripts. Why not give writing a try? So I was working for a theater company in Los Angeles and, uh, uh, they wanted to do uh, a play that dealt with AIDS. This was in the early 90s. Uh, one, of, one of their company members had died uh, from the disease, and they wanted to do a, a, a play about that. Oh, wow. But all the plays that were out at that time were sort of very uh, political, very uh, angry, which, oh. you know, deservedly so. Yeah, and that just wasn't the theater's audience. So mm. me being filled with hubris said, you know what? I'll, I can write a play. Why not? <laughs> I'll take a crack at it. Yeah, why not? You know, I've, I've, I've read plays. Uh, so anyway, I wrote a play. It got produced and at that theater and then went on to be produced in a bunch of other theaters. Uh, I wrote another play that also got produced and won a bunch of awards. Uh, and then... I just want to stop you really quickly yeah. because you just said the first thing you wrote was a play about AIDS. And yeah. that is... Wow. That's a, a big first you step. You have never written anything. What was, no. what was the tenor of it? Because you said you didn't want it to be angry. You didn't want it to be overly political. Was it just like satire? Like, what was it? No, it was a family drama. So wow. it was it was a story of a of uh, it took place in Iowa. It was called Seventeen Days, and it was the story of a uh, family that goes back to pack up their father's home after he's passed away, wow. and they have seventeen days to get everything out before the new owners are, are going to take the keys. And uh, one of the it's three adult sisters and their brother. The brother is a famous singer, and he has AIDS, and he has decided he's going to go public about that oh. and yeah, again this is the early 90s it was before magic johnson it was wow. you know wow. any of that and so the sisters don't want him to uh for for variety a variety of reasons and so but it it's it's it was telling it on a very human family level and so it allowed people to really connect with it wow Man, and right out of the box, that's yeah, what that's, you're writing. Yeah, that's what got you started yeah, with Hallmark, that's, clearly. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, right. So do you, let me ask you this. The first thing you write works. The next thing you write works. Is there ever a moment where you had to, like, you know, do what actors do, like pick up a job bartending or something to make ends meet? Or was this the career? Like, did you just... Oh, no, no. No, you don't make money as a playwright in Los Angeles. It just... <laughs> it, you don't. Um, I always had a job. Uh, I had a day job. I worked in... I worked at Montgomery Ward, anybody remembers that. Oh yeah, I, selling I, I electronics. Worked, yeah, the, I, I, I sold tires and batteries yeah. um, at the auto center. Um, I worked for Avis Rent-A-Car, I worked in the entertainment industry, I worked for talent agencies, I worked for Madonna for a while at her record company. Oh boy, um, did you meet her? Yeah, I did, many times. Say no more. You don't sound excited <laughs> about that, Rick. No, she, she, you know, <laughs> at the time, and you know, still, she is one of the most famous people on the face of the earth, but you know, I met her a dozen times, maybe, and um, every time I had to be introduced to her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is she, was she, is she the sparkling water lady? No, that's Cher. Okay, yeah. sorry. Yeah. We heard a great story about Cher uh, that sounds like maybe similar to what Madonna was was working with there. Yeah. What, yeah. what what was the uh, what was the worst job? What was the worst day job you had? Um, you know, it was later, and I'm not going <laughs> to name the company. It was, in fact, it was the job that I was working at when I. Uh, I quit to to uh, write Hallmark movies. Wow, uh, pretty much. Um, but yeah, so I, I continued to 
have full-time jobs and and not just a jobs but a career i i became a, a fairly high level uh internet executive i worked for disney i worked for yahoo wow. uh i ran websites uh for people but i continued to write <clears throat> and uh in the early 2000s, uh, there was a, a TV thing that came up uh, through a friend of a friend. We almost had a TV show that got sold to NBC. Um, uh, the story that we were told was that NBC wanted our show, but it it, uh, it was very similar to another show that they were in a bidding war with another network with. And uh, if they, they told us if they got that show, they were going to take that one. If they got our show, uh, if they didn't get that show in the bidding war, they would take ours. Uh, that other show was Heroes. Oh wow! Yeah, wow. So, so they didn't take ours, and uh, then nothing happened. And I continued to work, and I continued continued to write, and you know, built up a pile of pile and higher higher of scripts. Was it similar to Heroes? Like, was your idea that similar? It was not similar in terms of the plot, but it was similar in terms of tone. It was okay. dark, end of the world, apocalyptic uh. kind of. Thing. Which this Again, is this very is very hallmark. Yeah, Rick, uh, like you can sell it to Netflix because I think that's all Netflix does. Uh, right, I mean, right. you're talking about uh, dealing with family drama, uh, dealing with the AIDS epidemic, dealing with dark, like dark tenor, and then your filmography on IMDb is just one hallmark movie after another. So how did how did like you're talking early 2000? I mean, the heroes came out yeah. in 06, yeah. um, and, exactly. and you don't start writing hallmark movies until. 10 years later. Yep. So what was going on in those 10 years? Were you just internet executive just, to the hilt? Yep. I was just working and writing and looking for opportunities and not finding them. And then uh, in 2015, I think it was, a friend of a friend who was a manager, wound up becoming my manager, uh, would occasionally send me opportunities, uh, writing opportunities. And I would submit things if it seemed appropriate. Well, there was a company uh, that was producing movies for a channel uh, called Pixel. Yeah. Okay. And the way that they developed movies at the time was they would come up with cute titles and they would send those cute titles around to writers and say, hey, what would a movie with this title be called? What would be about? <laughs> I, love I love that. It. Sounds like homework. That's exactly how I imagine it happens, yes. to be honest. Right. 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 And uh, so the, this friend of a friend sent me a bunch of these titles. One of them was called Late Bloomer. And uh, I wrote a description of what I thought a movie called Late Bloomer would be. Uh, my f friend of the friend submitted that and a script, a few scripts, samples that I'd written, and they asked me to write it, and they loved it, and it got produced, and I did four more for them. Wow. And that's what got me into Hallmark. So Wow. And so, then it just sort of took off from there. So when you started working for Hallmark, your first credit is Christmas <clears throat> and Homestead. Yeah. Uh, was that a similar issue where they said, hey, we got this thing called Christmas and Homestead, can you can you take a uh, a crack at it, or, or was this something where you wrote a movie called Christmas and Homestead and they bought it? Uh, not sort of in between. So, based on the strength of the of the movies for Pixel, they asked me to pitch them ideas, and so I pitched them one about a movie star who goes back to Iowa uh, <laughs> to um, uh, shoot a film for Christmas and winds up falling in love with the mayor of the town. Yeah, and did, did yeah. you do you write the like? So at that point they say yes, and then you write the script. 
Correct. Basically. Yeah, well, well, we develop the story, and it goes through several, several iterations of what the story is, and we do an outline, and all of that gets notes and approval, and then it goes to script. I, I know that they're very, especially in 2016, in Bill Abbott's heyday, they were very particular about scripts during that time, and so you have to kind of hone your formula. What's interesting mm -hmm. is, is that Christmas and Homestead is an all-time favorite. I don't know if you know, like we review a Christmas classic from Hallmark every Friday. We've reviewed that movie uh, as a as a classic. I mean, Michael Rady and Taylor Cole, and um, yeah. a lot of people love love that movie. So, how many like how many notes do you get from this? From would you get from Bill Abbott or Michelle Vickery or whomever else you know was Randy Pope, whomever else was involved? How many notes would you get in, on a regular Hallmark script, like going through it? A lot. A lot. Uh, <laughs> uh, Hallmark is very, very uh, particular about their brand. They're very they, and by that I mean it's it's not a that makes it sound like it's some sort of a callous business thing. It's not. They're they're very cognizant of what it is that the audience is looking for. They they know what the audience likes. They know what the audience doesn't like, and they want to make sure that when they're developing the script that it fits into those things that the audience is going to appreciate. Um, and so it takes some time sometimes to get there. And there are a lot of a lot of cooks in the proverbial kitchen. So, you know, there's a development team. Uh, there are sometimes producers, uh, depending on how the script is developed. Um, then there's uh, the uh, senior executive level. They call it weekend read. It goes into a pile that everybody uh, goes around to the executives and everybody gives notes and so yeah it's it can be a long process with a, a, a very extensive amount of uh, input. Have you watched a movie on Hallmark that you wrote the script to and then once it's out of your hands I assume they can change it if they would like to change it mm -hmm. like you don't have right of refusal at that point. Have you watched a movie ever watched one that you wrote that they changed so much that you were just like I don't want my name on this movie? No uh, not to that level I, I mean there certainly have been movies that you know, sometimes uh, when a script is in development with a writer and they can't quite get where they want it to be, sometimes they'll bring that to me to make some changes to. But the same thing has happened to me. So I will be writing something and Hallmark feels that I'm not getting it there. They can give that to another writer. Um, and I think in a few of those instances, it has gone uh, to places that wouldn't necessarily have been where I wanted it to go. Obviously, they took me off of it for a reason. Um, uh, but nothing that I ever thought, oh, this is so bad, I, I don't want my name on it, no. How did you uh, you know, go from writing more serious stuff to this uh, world that's you know, rom-com and um, you know, made for TV and they have a formula? Was it hard for you to kind of get into what it, what does these movies kind of look like on on the page, or did it kind of come to you pretty quickly? Did you do your homework? Did you watch a bunch of these? Like, how did you kind of get oh, yeah. uh, familiar with the process? Oh yeah, I, I watched a lot a lot of Hallmark movies uh, at the beginning to get an idea of what they what they were like. But I think the most important thing was over those twenty some odd years, I continued writing, and I am also a TV junkie. I consume absolutely insane amounts, <laughs> still today, insane amounts of television. Uh, and so I'm gonna, I appreciate anything with good stories, good dialogue, and smart characters. 
Um, so to me, it doesn't matter if it's a dark into into the world apocalyptic drama or a uh, a family drama or a silly comedy or a Hallmark movie or whatever. As long as it has stories and a character that I can connect to, that I think the audiences will connect to, I can usually write it. So you said you're a TV junkie. I love TV. I love movies as well. But what are some of your favorite TV shows oh, of all time? God, don't get me started. You don't have to rank um, them. Just like give me, give me, give me five, eight, ten, twelve. I wanna, I wanna <laughs> even let's narrow it. Like just from a writing standpoint, like what are the like to you? Like this is like the best written show. Uh, let's see. I would have to go with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Wow, it's probably my all-time favorite show. Gotcha. Um, uh, more recent stuff, I think uh, Ozark pops into my head for some reason. It's just a genius show. Uh, comedy. I always go back to Soap. Mm -hmm. It's sort of one that a lot of people don't remember anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, and. Uh, that's it. My brain is just filled. No, no, no. There's, there's just are, way too many to go with. Go for those it, are yeah. three good, like varietal picks. There, I, th I think yeah. those are uh, three really good picks. I was just interested because I watched a ton of TV as well. So in 2017, Rick, how many movies are you, just? To get, can you? I want to see if you can get this right. How many movies are you credited with writing or having a part in writing in just 2017? I want to say five. I got six here. Okay. I got six, but Bad Date Chronicles didn't come out until way later than that. Right. Uh, right. But it, it gets that on there. What's going on in 2017, Rick? <laughs> it's a half dozen movies. There's only 12 months in the year. How does that work? Are you just getting one done and getting the next one? Are you working on all these at the same time? Working all uh, at the same time. Wow. Uh, well, you know, it, it sort of depends. Some will be in uh, the development phase where we're talking about story. Some might be an outline. Some might have a. Uh, I'll be writing the actual script. Some might be further down the road. I'm on a you know third or fourth draft. Uh, but at any given time, especially then, I was probably working on six, seven, eight things at a time. Oh my goodness! Uh, and one of the reasons that they kept coming back to me is that I am able to work pretty quickly. Um, so I was able to turn things around uh, and and get them done in in the uh, tight time frames that Hallmark has for their productions, which sometimes are just crazy. I, I think the Royal New Year's Eve still holds the record. Between the time that they told me, yes, go write that script, start writing that script, and the time it was on air was 11 weeks. Wow! That is bonkers. Wait, yep. so how long did you spend on it? Oh, boy. I lost him. I don't hear him at all. Uh oh. Oh, we, got we, got, we got you back. back. Okay. We got you back. You're good. Okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, I was writing all the way up to uh, the point where they were they had started filming, and I was still working on, on stuff. Yeah. Man, I heard – so you got, you got a credit here for Blue Ridge Mountain Christmas, and I have yeah. to hear this story. We talked to Benjamin Ayers, who was talking with Rachel Lee Cook, and they were supposed – they thought they were filming one movie, and literally they showed up <laughs> – and the day before they started filming, they had a different script in front of them. I want to hear your version of what's going on there, because that's all I got from Benjamin Ayers. Okay. Um, Blue Ridge Mountain Christmas uh, was based on a book. Uh, it was uh, Christmas Bride, I want to say. Uh, I, I might not have that title right. I apologize. Uh, and 
it went through uh, just a bunch of iterations in terms of what the story was and what the uh, uh, direction of it was. And uh, it, that was one that was on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, which has a tendency to do uh, uh, scripts that are a little bit more serious, uh, not quite, they're, they're still usually funny and- They're and dramatic, a little bit more dramatic, time. yeah. A little bit more dramatic. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, I think that this it, it sort of veered from the uh, Hallmark Channel concept to the Hallmark Movies and Mysteries to add, and they wanted to sort of embrace a little bit more of uh, emotion and, and uh, depth in it as we kind of completely changed the story. So when did you come in? Did you come in to completely change the story, or was your story completely changed? Uh, I'm the one who completely changed it. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I also... Well, Go ahead. Sorry, in, in 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 coordination with a lot of people. Yeah, it of wasn't course. Just me, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I how uh, how involved like you? It says you wrote it, but Christmas and Evergreen is just an all time like big dog for Hallmark. Dude, in 2018, he did Evergreen Letters to Santa, and he did Pemberley Manor. That's you've done a lot of big ones, but Christmas and Evergreen won. Like you wrote it, like that's and now it's you know turned into this whole thing. So. Talk about Evergreen real quick and how much you were involved in kind of creating the world that is Evergreen. Uh, yeah, the they came to me with uh, sort of a core concept of, of people in a, in a town that would get revisited uh, every year. And uh, so I basically came up with the characters and the concept of the first movie, uh, a lot of which has continued on uh to be clear the second movie letters to santa i just did the story on it was uh, another writer that did the actual script and then you weren't in the next two you weren't involved and and correct yeah which is correct the first two are better than the next two which is which is wild um tell me about the red truck is that was what's what's the, the deal with it they was uh, they had certain touchstones that they wanted to use wow. that were based off of an artist uh that they uh uh, used their his drawings, huh, and he wow. had this series of of uh, sort of small town, uh, hometown America, Americana Christmas, and a red truck was one of the things in it. So, do you have any idea from a casting standpoint the direction they're going when you're writing? Like, because no. you've done two Michael Radies. Like, is there any? You don't have any idea of like this is this is like you did a CCB movie. She had it's Christmas. Like, did you know? Cam Candace was attached to that movie or wanted to do that one? So sometimes, yes. So Candace, uh, that one, I knew Candace was going to be in. Uh, the rest of the cast was uh, a wonderful surprise. Jean Smart was uh, one of the most amazing. Oh, she's wonderful. I got to meet her, and it, it's still, I, I, I'm still giddy about it. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 but, yeah, so I've written uh, for her. I've written for Rachel Lee Cook several times. I knew that, you know, she, and some of them were her ideas. Uh, Frozen in Love was her idea. Mm. Um, uh, I've written for Eric Mabius several times and knew that he was attached. But most of the time, uh, I don't know who's going to be in the movie. Gotcha. Yeah, because that... Does it change the way, like, if you're writing Shoe Addicts, that's what... does it change the way that you are writing, like, kind of with Candace's, you know, voice and mind? Certainly, yeah. You, you hear her voice, but I think it, a bigger of it, a bigger piece of it is knowing the kinds of things, and this is through conversations and, and, and through the development of the script, but knowing the kinds of things that are important to them as actors and the things that they want to portray 
through the uh, through the movie. Um, for Candace, issues of faith are very important, and and I'm not necessarily the guy that you would normally go to for that, <laughs> but. But uh, I was able to have really interesting conversations with Candace, and she really helped uh, focus some of the that the pieces of that script uh, oh, wow. that that deal with that. Yeah, because there definitely is a faith element late in that film that that is a, seems to be a part of a lot of her films that that yes. comes in. Um, and to to know that she's involved on that level is not a surprise. I think we knew yeah. that you know already. Um, let me. Get, I, I do want to talk about. You had me in Aloha. Before we do, yeah. do you have one that you're mo most proud of? Like which of these? Like from your from your pen to what actually went on the screen. Do you do you watch the movies that you write? Do you watch oh, yeah. them? Okay. Yeah, For, yeah. Some, from your pen to the screen, which of these are you really feel like was was the most your baby, or that you really had the most impact on, or you're just proud of how it all turned out as a movie? I really, uh, Shoe Addicts Christmas is probably my favorite. It's a little bit like, you know, choosing uh, a favorite child, but uh, uh, Shoe Addicts was special just for a lot of reasons. It was, it was different than what a lot of Hallmark Christmas movies are. It had that sort of magical element to it. It had a, an amazing cast, again, mentioning Gene Smart and uh, Candace and Luke, uh, and it, it, there was something special about that movie. That's fair. So I yeah. want to ask you before we dive into the movie uh, Aloha Hawaii, as mm -hmm. we call it, um, <laughs> just a couple of like screenwriting tips because we get a lot of people that uh, you know listen to the podcast that you know either dream about writing these movies or try to dabble in it. And uh, I've dabbled myself, and for me, the hardest part is the dialogue and figuring mm -hmm. out how to write a conversation. Because when you're having a conversation, you're not thinking about it. And you're not thinking about like, you know, it's hard to figure out would this conversation ever actually happen this way? Yeah. Yeah. Like, would anybody actually ask a question this way? Like, what tips would you give to somebody when it comes to writing dialogue to make it sound like a conversation that would happen, um, but also make it uh, something that people want to watch on screen? I think the most important thing is to understand that very few conversations include sentences that start and end with a period. Mm -hmm. uh, most of them go off on little tangents. You, you'll start someplace and then you go over here and then all of a sudden you're over here. Just what you were saying uh, a couple of minutes ago uh, as you were introducing this question is you sort of started one way and then halfway through the sentence you changed yeah. direction of where that was going because you had some other thought. Um, and and, and so when I write dialogue, I try to keep that in mind. And, and a lot of my dialogue has ellipses a lot. I use ellipses a lot. So it'll be, uh, I'll, I'll write things like what I just said. It'll be dot, dot, dot. I'll write things like, you know, so it sort of changes direction. And, and that makes it very conversational. It's, mm. it's one of the things that I think my acting training helped with because I did a, I, you know, was in school and did a lot of plays uh, with dialogue that I'm like, people don't, it just sounds weird coming out of your mouth. People don't talk like this. And so I think one of the greatest compliments that I, I get frequently from actors is is my scripts usually, uh, they have, they just sort of flow from, they're, they're, they're easy to say. I love that. Yeah, they use, that's they, a great um, tip. 
apparently I can't speak this morning, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why I sit at the computer. No, you you write it, Rick. You don't have yeah, to be exactly. able to speak it. To. You're exactly. good. Uh, Although I do, I, that is one other thing. Another uh, writing uh, tip: I read out loud all of my scripts yeah. before I send them in. I love it. Everything, the every word of dialogue, and if it feels weird coming out of my mouth, it's going to feel weird coming out of somebody else's. Mm. So that's right. Man, do you do voices for the parts, or is it just Rick Garman the whole? <laughs> Give me your Candace Cameron. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, the, 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 when they have accents, I, I will do accents. I'm just wrote, I'm working on a movie that takes place in Ireland, and so I, I, I'm hearing a lot of Irish accents in my head. I love it. Uh, let's speak of a movie uh, on location. Uh, you had me at Aloha premiered mm-hmm. last weekend. Uh, Kevin Smith, pa- uh, Pascal Hutton. Uh, this movie, I'm watching it, and 20 minutes into the movie, I go. They are really, this is different. Like, Hallmark's done a lot different the last year and a half, but I feel like the script is a little punchier. I feel like there's some things in here where you get B characters that are literally just getting drunk hanging out for, for humor, which never happens in a Hallmark movie. There's very snappy dialogue. Like, there's a few Sorkin walk-in talks in this movie early on. Um, and so I immediately was like, who is writing this movie? That's what I thought. And then I, I find that you, you've you written, a, it's not a new writer, you've written a bunch of these. So I, I just, can you, t- like, I, I don't know how else to ask the question aside from, were you given a bit of a leash that you weren't given in, in other movies with this movie? Or did this, is this just kind of, a you know, a part of what we wanted to accomplish with you, you had me at Aloha? Sure. Uh, Hallmark is, is, has always been, but uh, especially recently, has been evolving uh, in terms of what it is that they want to put on screen. And interestingly, I think uh, COVID was obviously bad for a lot of reasons, but I think it actually helped this movie uh, because mm-hmm. this was ready to go into production last year in, in March of 2020. They had already started scouting locations. Wow. And, and, and it, was, it was ready to go, and then the world got shut down. And so it sat there for a while. And when they decided to pick it back up, the development executive uh, executives and the producers came to me and said, look, we want to we want to push this one a little bit. We want to see if if uh, we can do some different things to make this one sort of stand out and and set a course, hopefully, for some of the uh, uh, more. I'm trying to think of the right words here. Uh, sort of a, a, a broader, uh, bigger way of doing things. Yeah. Um, and uh, so they asked me to push the comedy and and to uh, uh, do some things that you're right we normally wouldn't do in a Hallmark movie. I mean, that's all the way down to the to the goat. Yes, to the goats. You know that that's the kind of physical, broad. I'm putting air quotes around that uh, uh, broad comedy that Hallmark usually doesn't do. So uh, yeah, they they actively encouraged me to to uh, to push it, and I, and I think that it it shows. Oh, I thought it did for sure. Like I feel like watching the movie was a different. It was a different experience yeah. than what mm-hmm. you're used to. I mean, I just to get those opportunities, you just don't see that on Hallmark very often. So you're saying that this is something they're going to continue to do in the future. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I can't speak for of all, of, all of Hallmark, um, but in terms of, of the scripts that I'm working on, they are uh, asking, they are looking for different ways of telling stories. They're looking for uh, different structures. They're looking for different uh, uh, 
comedic elements, some some uh, I don't want to see uh, some some bigger, uh, more theatrical, let's say, uh, elements to it. So you know, the filming in Hawaii was yeah. you know really made the movie spectacular. I think um, they want to be looking at uh, uh, different characters and and uh, different types of families and and understand that. Uh, uh, in Hallmark movies for a long time, the world was kind of idyllic. Uh, and I think that they understand, I know that they understand, I'm, uh, uh, and want to see, and people want to see, uh, that life is messy. You know, uh, it, it, it's not always perfect. And so to be able to uh, explore those kinds of things with characters and stories is, is very exciting. It's going to be inter- like, it's just going to be an interesting, I think, over the next year because the old regime really hitched their wagon to the to the formula to the right. pe- people are going to come to watch the same thing over and Comfort over again food over and over again and yeah. they were right they were right the ratings proved that they were right and so the the you know it'll be interesting the uh you know we're trying out new things this is going to be an experiment will it affect the viewer will viewers still tune right. in so that's going to be the inter- and i think uh, you know aloha had good ratings so uh, it's exciting for us yeah. cuz we love the new you know avenue in which hallmark is exploring like it's super exciting for us it's interesting to see if you know the people that are used to watching 40 hallmark movies and and tuning out until the kiss at the end are going to right. feel the same way well look you know they're not breaking the mold they're not going to they're not going to throw out everything that that they've ever done Uh, again they know their audience uh they are looking for ways to grow their audience and and uh without necessarily um throwing out all the things that have made hallmark movies what hallmark movies are so aloha there was still a kiss at the end um uh, they they came a lot closer in other places than you normally see um uh to that kiss but uh uh I, I, I think that uh, as we continue to uh, grow and evolve, that's going to grow and evolve the uh, audience because it'll. And the reaction to Aloha, at least online, that I was watching, I often will tweet along with the movie. Uh, and the Twitter uh, world is uh, often uh, overwhelming. Um, but I literally could not keep up. The, the I've never seen the kind of of reaction uh, and and instant feedback to a movie that I saw on this one. People loved it. Yeah, well, they're starting to so, feel more like real movies. I know that sounds weird to say, and, and no, no. obviously that's not to denigrate what the, the old regime were. though. Like they had the comedy at twenty five percent, and it would never move. No. We wouldn't move that needle. But you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had a movie that dealt a lot with loss on Hallmark Channel, which doesn't happen. And then this yeah. next this week was you know the comedy was up higher, and so I, it's just you know I've laughed more aloud at Hallmark movies in the last three months than I have in the previous four years. Yeah, I, you know, I was just having this conversation with uh, Pascal and and Kevin, um, who I we were talking earlier about writing movies for people. So I've written the Perfect Bride movies for them. And uh, so I know their die. I know the way that they talk. I know that I can. I could hear it in my head. I was always writing it. So, but I was talking to them and 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 saying that one of the biggest compliments that I've gotten is uh, often when people watch Hallmark movies when they enjoy them, it's sort of a smile kind of a humor. You know, yep. oh, that's you know, yeah. 
I was told by a lot of people that there were several laugh out loud lines in this movie. Yep. So, you know, I think that's a big compliment. It is. For sure. Both, For sure. both to myself and to them as actors and the production. It's Everything you know, across the board. You're takes right. a village. I do want to touch on To Catch a Spy because I just realized sure. that you wrote that and that's coming out soon. And I don't know a ton about it, but I do know that it's, a, you know, even for Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, it's kind of a different tenor and what what kind of the goal of that movie is. So I don't know how much you can share about that movie and how it might be a little bit different than, you know, a, an Aurora Tea Garden mystery series. But uh, what's kind of going on with To Catch a Spy? I think that this is significantly different uh, from uh, the stuff that Hallmark and Movies and Mysteries has done before. Uh there are elements to this that you normally don't see. Uh, a lot of the current mysteries are what we would call drawing room mysteries. You know, they're, they, they sort of, there's a lot of talking uh, yes. about what happened in, in, in rooms. Uh, and, and, you know, <laughs> there's the, the, this one, uh, there's, it involves, hence the title, uh, it involves espionage, and uh, it's filmed in Malta, which is just this sort of wow. dramatic, uh, 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 beautiful place, but that just added to the uh, element of it. There's a car chase uh, you might have seen in, in the previews, uh, which that that doesn't happen in Hallmark movies. Um, there's There's not... I think I can get away with saying this. Um, there's not just one murder. There's there there are there are more than there's more than one murder in this. Boy, uh, so uh, it it's definitely definitely different and done very purposefully. That that they wanted to make it feel more theatrical. They wanted to make it feel more exciting, more intrigue, more uh, uh, of everything. Uh, so I, I'm. This one's been a long time in development, and I'm 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 really looking forward to seeing. Stop it. Do you, selling. Do you Rick. know ahead of time? Because this sounds like uh, maybe a little bit of a bigger budget than a standard mystery movie. Um, do you uh, do you like you? You're writing, so do you know? Like uh, mm-hmm. we have a little bit more wiggle room, and so work a car car chase in there. <laughs> Well, in this particular instance, I was told yes, we could do uh, do a, a car chase. I, I, well, I was actually t- told it should be a scooter chase. Um, I, <laughs> Dear gracious! Uh, Thank uh, you for pushing I, for yeah, cars. Thank yeah. you. Uh, I, Thank I you, Rick. Else. I did something else. <laughs> um, uh, but to their credit, you know, they, they it, it, it turned out fantastic. Um, I, I'm not privy to things like budget, uh, but. So usually, when I write a movie, I am purposefully vague in terms of set description and and scene uh, descriptions just because I'm never sure what they're going to be able to afford or where they're going to be able to shoot it. Is it going to be a Canada movie? Is it going to be done here in the States? Is it going to be doing, you know, um, this one we knew was going to be done in Malta. We wrote it specifically for that. Uh, it got moved several times. It, it was Budapest in an earlier version. and um, uh, But uh, uh, I don't think that this one had a, a significantly larger budget than than they normally do. It's just they had really good producers who were able to uh, uh, do some uh, amazing things on huh. it. Where do, you, where do you see some of the the I'm locations? In. They, in the in the preview, you'll see it, there's a cathedral that they shot in that apparently has never been. Uh, they've never filmed a full scene with dialogue in that movie. That's what I was told. I, I'm wow. not 100% sure that's true, but it's it's stunning. The the, the shots are incredible. It's unbelievable. So, 
Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. But I do love that Hallmark. Uh, scooter said, We got two million, so we got to go with scooters. Scooters. Scooter scooters. <laughs> we'll do scooters. We can, do, well, we can scooter afford chase. scooters, scooter right? Scooter uh, well, again, that was less about cost and more about, uh, you know, uh, Medina in, in Malta is has got these tiny little narrow streets, you know, very European medieval uh, fortress type thing. And so I think what they were picturing in their head is zooming down those sort of little narrow alleyways and passageways on, on uh, I think it was more about the, the visual of it than, than about the, the cost. They did a scooter uh, chase in the Lizzie McGuire movie, and oh, I think goodness. that's what they were going for. for <laughs> thank sure. goodness you brought Absolutely. that up. I think sure. Absolutely. That. It's not pink. It's not pink. Okay, good. I do have one, and then I think we'll get the rapid fire. Sure. I got one question about the script in uh, You Had Me at Aloha, and it is all movie long, these two characters talk about parasailing, Rick. They, they, they're like, we should go. No, oh, I bet you if we win, we'll go parasailing. parasailing. And then they never go parasailing. And, and as someone who like, felt as though that gun was loaded and cocked, for it to not be pulled, the trigger not to be pulled, was a, like, I couldn't believe it personally. What's going on there? Like, what it like? Was it pur purposeful to have them, you know, talk about parasailing the whole movie and j then just not do it? Like, because they go ziplining at the end instead. I just thought for sure they go parasailing. What's going on there? Uh, you know, I I'm going to be honest. I don't really remember how that <laughs> evolved. I, I I think in an earlier draft they did go parasailing, um, but uh, again, I think doing things a little different and and. It became right for the characters to be doing their own thing as opposed to doing what was expected of them. That's that sort of was their journey. Um, and so going to uh, I, I think that they actually did go parasailing. We just didn't see it. Um, but, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, developing this the 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 show that um, Paige wanted to do with the blindfold and and uh, surprising him in Bali and then going to ziplining, which they had he had wanted them to do earlier in the script or earlier in the story um it it felt more uh it felt it felt more right for the characters to not follow that sort of set thing that that people were expecting fair enough i love it it's a great answer we did it yeah fantastic uh let's go to the rapid fire we each get to ask you three questions uh, about anything that we want to and you have to answer as quickly and honestly as possible i'll start with dan uh -huh. so uh rick you tell me that you currently live in savannah georgia close to us what's the best meal in savannah georgia that you've had Food there is so incredible, but I would say there's a there's a restaurant called the Ordinary Pub. They've got a thing called Morning Mac and Cheese. It's basically mac and cheese, big A-shell pasta with woven bacon and uh, and Dewey sausage and peppers and yeah. insane amounts. Of, it's yeah, it's, it's oh come on, a heart, heart attack on a plate. It's amazing. Bring it. Sounds so good. Um, you mentioned your love of TV. We asked you your favorite. I want to know a show that you think is overrated by Ooh. people. Uh, let's see. Oh, controversy, controversy. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know why, but Seinfeld pops into my head. All right. I just wow. never, never, never got it. Never, wow. never got the rhythm. Show of about it. nothing, Rick. What are you, what are you yeah, supposed to get? <laughs> What's your most memorable movie theater going experience? Like what movie? Uh, let's see. Uh, I, 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 I there's, there's too many. Um, for some reason, uh, again, this just popped in my head. Free billboards in Ebbing. Missouri. Oh yeah, I, I, I saw it at the Savannah uh, College of Art and Design Film Festival, and there was something just incredible about the power of that movie. And 
seeing it in the big screen and, and with that kind of an audience that was just eager for a, a really good story and, and drama. And the, uh, the McDonough brothers, both of them can write such great, oh my oh, goodness, crazy. The yeah. Guard, Calvary, um, Seven Psychopaths. I mean, I just some of my favorite movies are written by those guys. In Bruges, yes. I believe. So, yes. yeah, that's a great one. Good one. Um, this is related to Hallmark, but it just came to my mind. You mentioned that uh, Aloha Hawaii uh, is over a year in the making, got shut down for COVID. It was on the, the floor for a while. How many other movies did you have in the can ready to go before COVID that are still just sitting around? Are there many? Uh, I think most of them have been done now. Uh but there, there were a few. Uh, mix up in the Mediterranean uh, got delayed because of that. Uh, I mentioned an Irish Christmas movie that I'm working on. That one got delayed. Um, there were several others that are are still in. Uh, you wrote mix up in the Mediterranean. I did. That's not on the the IMDb, Rick. That's the funniest movie that I've seen from Hallmark. I I, uh, I loved it. It was great. Sorry. Sorry, uh, the the I, I received uh, uh, executive producer credit on that. I didn't I didn't write that. Sorry. Gotcha. I, I got I got confused for a moment. Okay, I was about to say because I got your writers pulled up. I didn't get the the uh, exec producer pulled up. Unfortunately. Um, awesome. Well, and, an Irish Christmas movie. I could not be more excited about it. To be <laughs> honest with you. Yeah. I mean, come uh, on. Yeah, it's supposed to be filming uh, in a couple of months or so. Uh, maybe next month with uh, Lacey Chabert. Dude, some some uh, some Celtic Christmas music is my jam. Yep. Wow, come on! Whoa, that's a scoop. That's a scoop. That's a scoop right there. I love and it. And I'm 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 working on another Christmas movie with uh, Debbie Gibson. So Sheesh. oh wow, look at yeah. this guy. That's, that's you want to talk about different. Uh, this is going to be one of the first movies uh, that's going to feature. So there's a romance for Debbie Gibson and uh, uh, the guy that she meets. Uh, then there's a secondary, uh, not a secondary story, almost equal story uh, with uh, that's an LGBTQ story. But Great. It's a, a guy who meets another guy in uh, Salt Lake City and they begin a romance. So it's wow. two romances, almost equal. And I think it's going to be one of the first ones for Hallmark. So I'm yeah, they did a B storyline with Christmas House. Um, yep. But to have that as a main storyline would be another great step for them, for sure. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, is there a particular writer? Uh, film or TV that when you see that this person is writing this, you're in. You don't have to hear anything else. Like this writer is one of the writers that you know just produces the most quality work that you, you've seen. Uh, you know, it, I will veer back to some of my TV favorites. Um, everything that Susan Harris did was amazing. Uh, you know, Soap, Girl, Golden Girls, yeah. everything she did. Uh, Joss Whedon, who I know has become problematic lately, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, he, he was always amazing. Uh, Aaron Sorkin, West Wing, was another all-time yeah. favorite show. Um, I, I, I love I love good writing. The WGA just asked uh, members to pick their top 15 screenplays from their favorite 15 screenplays of, of the century, of this century so far. And it was really fascinating to go back and look at all the movies and go, Who were oh, so how do I narrow this down to 15? What were some of your favorite screenplays? Uh, well, Three Billboards was on there. Um, big Fish. Uh, yeah. I love that movie. Um, oh, so the, good. The Big the big Short. Yeah. Uh, so original, different. Um, uh, Inception, Memento. Yeah. Up, Come on. Wally. Up is, Up, I think, is 
Oh. One of the most perfect scripts ever written. Dude, ever. Rick, Rick and I would just be good friends. I can tell already. <laughs> Those are all just great, great movies. I mean, yeah. you just unbelievable. And you're a big Buffy fan. You yeah. always tell me That's that. You walk, I've never <laughs> you seen, walk in and you say, I've, I've never Buffy seen fan. Buffy. I'm sorry. Uh, right. It's the one, Rick. I've never seen Buffy. But everything else. I'm, I'm you you and Rick can get together and have a Buffy marathon. That's right. A little Buffy thon. I like I'll, it. I'll, I'll watch it for the 15th time. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, my last question is that you, you said Iowa, right? is where you grew I up did. Mm-hmm. um I, we're going back to your hometown for a day you're going to show okay. us the town show us a good time take us through that day in small town iowa where you grew up well i actually grew up in cedar rapids iowa which is not exactly a small town it's a, about 125,000 people uh uh it, it's uh, i would go for the food there's yeah. a, there's a there's a sandwich there called the made right it's a loose meat sandwich a loose meat hamburger that's sort of steamed and it's uh, I'm going back in a, in a few weeks to see some uh, old friends from high school getting together for the first time in 35 years and uh, uh, one of the things that is first on my list is you know great it's good to see you I'm going for a maid right so uh, <laughs> what else is on the maid right I'm, I'm here for it Rick it, it, it can be anything the traditional way that they like to do it is with uh, mustard and pickles I'm not a fan of either of those I do ketchup and onions. So wow. it's like loose meat on a bun with ketchup and onions, and it's just, it's I mean, so good. Come on. Yeah. Have you seen yeah. the movie Cedar Rapids by any chance? I have, which was not filmed in Cedar Rapids. It was, wow. filmed, in, it was filmed in Grand Rapids. And, and it made no sense to me why they, they were, called it Cedar Rapids. Because they, all Cedar the jokes wasn't, yeah, could have stayed at, at Grand Rapids. It would have been it, fine. They, they didn't even refer to Cedar Rapids. It, it could have just been Grand Rapids. So <laughs> it was weird. That is wild. Rick, yeah. you've been great, man. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. We'll have to have you back on again. Thank you for having me anytime. You mentioned uh, you, that you do some tweeting and whatnot. How can people find you and follow along uh, to see your tweets and stuff? So Rick Garman Inc. is my uh, presence, and that's I-N-K. See what I did there? Oh, plus, I have, plus I have ink. I yeah. have uh, lots of tattoos. Um, so uh, at Rick Garman Inc. is Twitter, uh, Facebook.com slash Rick Garman Inc., or they can look Rick Garman Inc. or RickGarman.com. Love it. Great. Fantastic. And we always end every single one of these by wishing you a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you, you too. <laughs> Deck the Hallmarks of Bramble Jam podcast. It's presented by Philo TV. It's produced by Brandon Gray and recorded live in, yeah, that Greenville, South Carolina. Set decor is by Plum at Haywood Mall. For more information on Deck the Hallmark, you can go to deckthehallmark.com. For more information on Bramble Jam Podcast Network, you can go to bramblejampodcast.com.